to Lift Hands Big Victories, where we provide the information that you need to create victories in the lives of the little ones you love and support. I'm your host, Candy, a wife, a mother, a grandmother, a pediatric occupational therapist, a board-certified behavior analyst, an autism interventionist, and here to join me on this journey is my husband, my pastor, Greg. Hey, Greg. Can you guess which types of these reinforcements was found to be the most effective in motivating typical kindergartners? I'm going to give you some choices this time. It's either a thumbs up, a high five, or a fist bump. Mm. Well, we will answer these questions and more today as we talk about the verbal praise and words of affirmation that are powerful tools in shaping behaviors. Greg, do you want to know what the answer is? So the answer is high five? Yes, it is high five. And I love high fives. I actually give more low fives to my little ones. So, Candy, why are we talking about high fives? Well, because this is a form of reinforcement, and reinforcement is a powerful tool for shaping new behaviors. I wish I had a dime for every time I said that to a parent. Really? Yes. And when I learned to effectively use reinforcement with my clients, my students, my patients, it was a real game changer. If I had to identify the most important principle in behavioral intervention, it would definitely be the principle of reinforcement. So can parents and therapists use the same intervention? Absolutely. Parents, therapists, anyone. You know, Greg, I used to want to be that therapist who had this mysterious strategy that could lead to skill acquisition that was exclusive to me and my profession. Oh, really? Yes, I know. I'm ashamed. But what I know now is that parent-implemented strategies empower the family. They can be implemented 24-7 and are more likely to generalize into the family's daily routines. I am all about parent education and coaching these days. Yeah, I've heard you say that. uh, That is the model of the ECI program you work for? Yes, it is. And I love coaching families. And it's even more important now that I'm providing telehealth. So the principle of reinforcement is one strategy I coach my families in using right from the beginning. So, Candy, tell us what reinforcement is. Is it when you call call him back up in a situation you can't handle yourself? Well, not that kind of reinforcement. I know, M&Ms, or maybe Little Debbie's. Well, it can be. You see, what is a reinforcer for you may not be a reinforcer for me. So let's step back a bit and define what a reinforcer is. So a reinforcer is any item or event that follows a behavior and increases the rate of behavior. Now, Greg, when I say the word behavior, what do you typically think of? A big old tantrum. Well, that is one behavior, but really behavior is anything that we do. There are both desirable and undesirable behaviors. So let's say I pick up this pencil. That's a behavior? Yes. And if I take out the trash that's heaping downstairs? Mm, That's a behavior? (laughs) That's right. And the way we can increase those behaviors is looking at the consequence or what follows the behavior and determining if that following event is reinforcing or not. Um, It could actually be punishment. 
So, if you took out that trash downstairs and I gave you a little Debbie, would that be a reinforcer? I can't believe you'd even ask me that. You know I'm in love with little Debbie. (laughs) I do know that. And based on what I know about your reinforcer profile, yes. But we really can't call it a reinforcer until... It actually increases the rate of our occurrence. Our occurrence, excuse me. (laughs) Actually increases the rate of occurrence. So, in this case, if your trash-taking-out behaviors are increased, which means you just take out that trash without any reminders or prompts, then we could call it a reinforcer. However, also in this case, I have gotten good results just using words of affirmation or verbal praise with you, paired with a little bit of affection. And verbal praise is a very natural way to reinforce someone's behavior, no sugar required. Hmm. So this illustrates how reinforcement can be used to shape new behaviors or increase behaviors. And it really illustrates that it is more complicated than just handing a child an M&M. However, Dr. Sidney Bijou, one of the world's greatest contributors to the study of human behavior, says that research has shown that the most effective way to reduce problem behavior in children is to strengthen desirable behavior through positive reinforcement rather than trying to weaken undesirable behavior using aversive or negative processes. That means we can amp up the reinforcement and focus less on the problem behavior. For many parents whose focus has turned into tunnel vision toward that problem behavior, this idea really seems counterintuitive. But the use of verbal praise as reinforcement has been studied in multiple settings, and studies have shown that when praise is used at a ratio of at least 2 to 1 over reprimands, desirable behaviors increase at approximately 30%. So we can use that research with the little ones we care for. If you feel the need to reprimand or redirect, remember to purposely seek to provide verbal praise two to three times more. I kind of think of it as a praise cushion. I wished I'd have had a cushion when my mom had that house shoe. (laughs) Well, a praise cushion, it sounds kind of comfy, a lot more comfier than a gold house shoe. But our words should be seasoned or cushioned for our little ones. And yes, I also said purposeful in our praise. There's that word again, being purposeful. We need to be attentive to our children in order to appropriately praise them. Yes, but what happens when when we throw out verbal praise excessively? Well, as you can imagine, it decreases its value. When we have a behavioral strategy, we need to be clear as to just what we are reinforcing and that all people in their world, everybody, mom, dad, teacher, grandpa, babysitter, brother, everybody needs to know what they're reinforcing. And it's also beneficial for the child to know what you are reinforcing. For example... Instead of just saying, good job, Mary, you could say, good job, Mary, I like the way you use gentle hands with your friend. Descriptive praise can add to the effectiveness of an intervention. Candy, tell them about what you told me after you took that class, after our kids were already grown and out of the house. Yeah, this was something that unfortunately I learned later in life, something I learned in a nurturing parenting training. I was receiving training to be a trainer, to serve others, but I left having received a gem of knowledge and blessing. We learned that we also need to praise our children for being, not always doing. 
For example, we might say, Sally, I love the way you colored that picture, or Billy, you're awesome at baseball. That is called praise for doing. And that leads a child to think that they are only deserving of praise for their works. But when we say, Sally, I love that God gave you to me to be my daughter, or Billy, I'm so proud that you're my boy. That is praise for being. And children need to know that praise can generally and freely be given for just being who they are, not based on performance. God says, I am that I am. He created us and our being and our child's being, and itself is worthy of being praised and affirmed. That is so true. Greg, I really felt convicted and saddened about that after the training. I wish I'd been better about that when my kids were younger. After that training, I immediately called each one of them and gave them praise for just being. I'm trying to do better. So, Candy, what if someone did not receive a lot of praise as a child, or if verbal praise is difficult or feels awkward? That's okay. The more you practice, the easier it will become. In fact, my joy becomes full when I speak words of affirmation to others. Even on my tiredest, weariest, compassion-fatigued days, it lifts my soul. If you need help finding the words to say, I have listed seven favorite words of affirmation on my website at littlehandsbigvictories.org and on my Facebook page. So, as always in our podcast, I like to refer to the science behind each principle. And Greg... Did you know that there is a science behind the principles of reinforcement? Ugh, you like data? (laughs) Yes, I do. So here are the principles. Number one, it's only a reinforcer if it actually increases the rate of behavior. Sometimes I have parents tell me that they implemented a particular strategy and they will say, and we reinforced her with Cheerios and it didn't even work. Well, then Cheerios was not a reinforcer because it's only a reinforcer when... It increases the rate of behavior. Thank you for listening. Yes. And a real reinforcer can be thought of, in a simple term, a proven reward. And the second principle is what is a reinforcer for one person or child is not necessarily a reinforcer for another person. I've had little ones who do really well with the use of unusual things, like getting to play with spatulas. Did you say spatula? (laughs) Yeah, these are real examples. Really? Yeah, spatulas. So um, some of my families will um, allow their child time allowed to sit in an office chair or a wheelie chair, playing with a tape measure, a soft blanket, water bottles, etc., Our little ones have amazing interests, and we as parents, therapists, or caregivers, we really need to do a good job in identifying a child's unique reinforcers. And you know how I do that? Probably a data sheet. Yes, I love data sheets. And sometimes I use an assessment called a reinforcer profile. But first I just ask a parent, what would your child swim through shark-infested waters to get to? And they don't even hesitate. Parents know. They'll say, Paw Patrol, or to go outside or to empty my bathroom drawer. So those may not sound like what you might think of reinforcers, but smart therapists and parents will use strong reinforcers and will learn to identify the reinforcing qualities of unusual reinforcers, such as emptying that drawer. We can replicate these qualities maybe by creating a plastic container with items of similar properties. We have to learn to think out of the box sometimes. Yeah, or out of that drawer. That's right, or out of the drawer. So, Greg, how can we relate biblical principles to this topic? Well, I know Proverbs 25 and 11 says, Word fitly spoken is like apples of gold 
and pitchers of silver. Oh, my goodness. I love that. Doesn't that paint a beautiful image of the power of positive communication? Yeah. You know, in Philippians 4, 8 tells us that those things that are true and honest and just, pure, lovely, to think on these things. Right. And if your child is demonstrating desirable behavior, if you approve of his behavior, tell them. Describe to them what they are doing to merit your approval and think on those things. Well, you know, Candy, verbal praise parallels the words of Paul that we find in Hebrews 10:24 when he says, Consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Our praise can be the catalyst leading to the positive behaviors built upon a foundation of love. So, Greg, we talked a lot about a lot of things today. Yeah, maybe we need a need a little review. I think you're right. So for our big victories recap, we have number one, a reinforcer is any item or event that follows the behavior and increases the rate of the behavior, and it is highly effective in shaping behavior. What is a reinforcer for you is not necessarily, necessarily a reinforcer for someone else, and we need to think outside of the box sometimes to identify strong reinforcers. And number three, a three to one ratio is a good rule of thumb for verbal praise versus correction or reprimands. It's a praise cushion. That's right. And number four, give those words of affirmation or high fives freely to little ones for target behaviors and for just being who they are. Greg, guess what time it is? What time is it, Candy? It's time for our Shine the Light moment. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that he will see your good works and glorify your Father. During our Let It Shine moment, we spotlight a ministry or support a different outreach opportunity. And today, we're shining a light on Embrace Grace. Embrace Grace helps women with unplanned pregnancies find a place of belonging within the church through support groups. They also partner with pregnancy centers and distribute donor-funded love box. Hey, didn't our Ladies Fellowship do something like that, maybe? (laughs) Yes, we did. We had a Share the Love party, and it was so much fun. And what I did not anticipate was how God moved during this event. Many of our ladies had a very tender place in their heart for mothers with unplanned pregnancies, and many could personally identify with these women. We each wrote a special message in a card which began with, Dear Brave Girl. We prayed over all of these cards. It was very moving. We assembled 60 gift boxes for that event, and each box contained gift items for baby and mama, and we delivered them to our local pregnancy center. I would encourage ladies groups, church groups, anyone really, to host this event. Embrace Grace makes it really easy, and they ship all the materials to you. I met the founder, Amy Ford, at a conference, and her book, A Bump in Life, is a beautiful testimony of God's redemption and the blessings of a child. Her book is one of the items in the Share the Love box that was donated. She believes, as we do, that we can change the world through the local church by being the hands and feet of Jesus. That's right. Hey listeners, if you enjoyed our episode and don't want to miss a single episode, hit subscribe. We want to connect with you on a regular basis. Visit us on our Facebook page and at our website, Little Hands Big Victories. Let's celebrate every victory together.